drippy topics that will leave you simply drenched in curiosity and connection. So let's vibe over, you know, that juice, shall we? My name is Noelle Mandolfo, and my sole mission is to make you feel seen, heard, valued, and validated in such a way that you remember who you truly are. And in that, you're never alone. This is a soft, safe, and sassy place where all of you is welcome. So come up, let's dive in. sweet angels of mine. It has been, I think, nearly three months since I've been on the mic. And it's because um, I, as you know, was traveling around, hopping from place to place. And I knew the last podcast that I did, the Sex as Play pod, um, was going to be the last one that I would do in a while. Because I was going from traveling solo and having loads of personal time into meeting one of my besties Um, along the way. She came to meet me in Egypt to celebrate my birthday. And from there, I was traveling directly back to the U.S. um, and doing a bunch of fun things. Like then I went to Mexico for another friend's birthday and then I went to... um, a music festival and then I came right back into moving into a new place and then integrating into that new space and like you know doing life and with that being said although it sounds kind of um, ironic that despite being grounded for the first time air quotes grounded um, back in America With that comes the integration period, which feels totally just dislodged, Um, not physically, because obviously I have my first room, the first room that I had in 35 weeks, um, and my own space and all that, but mentally, emotionally, um, psychologically, so on, spiritually as well, um, feeling displaced, super isolated. Um, and, and so I wanted to share this podcast particularly on that topic because I feel like it's not talked about that often. Um, and, um, I would love for people to know more about the integration period post travel. So what better way to jump and, you know, jump right back into this, um, than to address The elephant in the room, at least in my room. (laughs) And I think this would be super helpful for people who, one, either like to travel or have loved ones in their life who like to travel so they can know how to show up for them as well. So, when we do anything new, that could be... um, trying a new sport, a new hobby of any kind, um, even listening to new music or podcasts, or um, driving home a new, a new way. Um, we are creating new synapses in the brain, right? And the more that we do that particular thing, so let's say we start to take that route home every time, 
Or let's say that we start to wake up and meditate for five minutes every single day. Or we go to dance class, you know, several times a week. Even once a week, you know, whatever. The more you do something, the more space it takes up in your brain, in your neural pathways. And this thing that you're doing becomes a part of you. So, you know, when we do something once, it creates new synapses in the brain and it could totally like just shake us and jerk us into this um, newfound way of perceiving. You know what I mean? Like a good example might be the first time you go to a music festival. That is fucking jarring. You're like, wow, people are out here just like expressing themselves and wearing whatever they want and dancing like no one is watching and you know you have this crazy shaken up new experience and perspective on life um that could be life changing life altering um did I say changing (laughs) or for me the first time that I um went abroad by myself that was totally jarring and shook my whole shit up now I'm, I'm using these as examples because the first time you do something can totally change your life, right? You don't have to do it a bunch of times. But typically, at least in my experience, when we do something for the first time that totally shakes us up, we often crave to do that thing more, right? Um, I know one of the first times that I had uh, uh, a holotropic breathwork experience, after that... I was like, okay, whoa, I really need to figure out how to do more of this, right? Um, So the more that we commit to the thing, this new thing that we are trying, um, the more mental real estate it takes up in our system and also emotionally and also uh, psychologically and also um, perhaps physically, depending on what the, the hobby is, right? And like I said, this becomes who you are in a way, you know, like, let's say you try, um, you know, mountain biking one time, and then you love it so much that you start to do it like a few times a week. And then next thing you know, you're doing it both days of the weekend. And a few times during the week, you start to hang out with a biking club, like you eat, breathe shit, mountain biking. Um, when you meet someone before and after, uh, before they try the mountain biking, and then after, let's say a year later, they're totally different people, right? Like, I mean, they're not completely different people. Obviously, the core version of them is always going to exist within. I'm just saying the the before and the after of that version of that human is palpably different, right? Um, and you could say the same thing with any habit or hobby, right? And sometimes even, you know, unfortunately, there's we, we know people in our lives before and after that pick up maybe negative hobbies that were like, oh man, are they okay, right? So I'm just trying to paint the picture that um, the more we do something, the more it becomes us, right? So let's take travel as an example, um, especially like long-term travel, for example. So I use the example of the first time I left the country. I remember being like, holy hell, like there's a whole, you know, there's this whole vast 
world that I know nothing about. Um, and it was somewhere tropical and just very inspiring. And I, I happened to be interning at um, an Envision, Envision Festival in Costa Rica. So there was like all these different facets of um, just newness and excitement and integration and community and inspiration for me, right? Um, I was privileged to access all sorts of workshops and I committed to like several a day and I literally left feeling like a new person, right? Um, but leaving that inspired multiple things for me. One, I want to travel more. And two, I want to explore, um, well, festivals more, um, you know, intentional festivals and also all the things that I was doing in those workshops also inspired me. Um, it was actually a workshop and vision that inspired me to do a yoga training and become a yoga teacher. Um, so had I not done the one thing, then it wouldn't have inspired me to do these other things. Right. And, um, so for me, travel became a huge passion and, when we become passionate about something, it often becomes a priority for us, whether subconsciously or not. Um, now, I will say that I had already, uh, like a month or two prior to that, decided I was going to travel um, backpack Europe that following uh, summer, just because I was graduating college and um, I had to take out a loan for my final semester. And I was like, if I'm going to take this loan out, I want to do something epic with it. And so that plan was there. But clearly, you know, the universe came in and was like, I'm going to make you one of three interns for this festival so you can kind of get dip your toes into it in like a safe setting because I was with, you know, the staff and like all the attendees in like this small container space for seven days versus just like, you know, backpacking Costa Rica on my own. Um, it gave me like a little prep. Um, anywho, my point is that when you commit to travel, it becomes a part of you. And when you're doing it long term, similarly to when you're trying something new, every single day of your travel is an opportunity for you to show up as the, the most authentic version of you. No one else around you knows who you are. They don't know your hobby, uh, your 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 hobbit, <laughs> your hobbies and your hobbits. No, they don't know your hobbies or your habits, <laughs> and so they can't expect anything from you. Is what I'm getting at. But when we are around um, family and friends, people who've known us for years, we have a role that we subconsciously like. This isn't necessarily like a, on a conscious level. We have a role of people's um, experiences, their, their Rolodex of who we are. They, they expect us to behave that way, okay? Just like we expect our friends and family to behave a certain way, we project that expectation onto them. But when we're traveling, no one can do that to us. So everything you do and say, you get to choose in that moment who you want to be. And so all these, and not to mention you're in a brand new place, a brand new culture, a new language, and those new synapses in the brain are just firing, 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 firing. Um, 
So even if you just travel for one week, you know, because, you know, I was away for 35 weeks and that's on some crazy shit, right? But like, even if you're gone for one week or two weeks, that can change who you are, okay? Like that first trip that I did was one week and that changed who I was. And I know a friend who just recently did one week solo travel for her first time. Change It changes you from the inside out. And um, I also went one, one year, uh, took a partner of mine to um, Guatemala with me just two weeks and just watching him soak it all in and experience it and like seeing the awe um it's it's life-changing it's life-changing the synapses are firing okay this is the point that I'm trying to make so when we're solo traveling again we don't have like so when we're traveling with a partner or a friend or family, um, again, you still have that person doing the projecting that I was talking about. They're expecting you to say certain things, act certain ways, lead the way or not lead the way, do this, do that. And you're kind of still falling into that expectation trap. And it's not a bad thing. I'm just saying it just happens to be the case. Okay. Um, and that's why solo travel is so special is because you're and, and also when you're with others that you know you're more likely going to just be talking with them right your container is more closed off to the external because you're typically busy experiencing things with that person or people now when you're alone th- there's this more open sphere happening and people are more willing to approach and more willing to invite and more willing to flow with you and ask you questions and then there's this it's your literal your personal frequency that you're riding no one else's it is your ride and it's a very unique journey to experience when you're solo and okay so with all this being said Let's say you go on your little, you know, riding your frequency wave for one week. It's life-changing. It's beautiful. You have plenty to think about, sit with when you get home and integrate when you get home. Let's say you go for a month somewhere. Times that by four. You got four times the amount of experiences to like, when you come home, you're like, holy fucking shit. Like, what do I even, how do I even practically apply this to my (laughs) my life you know who am I now how can I incorporate what I just learned and gathered into who I am now now if you do even a longer trip you know my trip was about seven months I have a friend who was traveling for a year and a half Um, coming back from that and with everything that I just shared can feel scary it can feel dislodging you might feel out of place because keep in mind most of your friends families and loved ones have probably been doing the same things 
the same routine and so on that they were doing before you left. And that's not a bad thing. I'm just saying it's probably the case, right? They probably have a certain job and certain activities that they indulge in. And, um, you know, they're living their life. And you did too before you left. But now when you come back, it could feel dislodging because you don't know where you fit in anymore. And perhaps, you know, you know the case that people are often on autopilot when they have like a, a daily routine, right? Um, now you're, you just stepped out of the daily routine. Every single thing you did every day was outside of your comfort zone, outside of routine. Maybe you had a couple, um, things you did each day that were similar but you're seeing new things doing new things talking to new people hearing new languages every fucking day and this is firing and firing and firing in the brain and your system your reality your internal spectrum of humanness is altering and so even though you look you know probably most mostly the same um and the core version of you with all your uh, memories and um you know, experiences and joys and, and tears, that deep core version of you still exists, of course. Um, there's also all this new data that needs to be integrated into the program of who you are. And so that is what can feel dislodging because oftentimes the people who either have never traveled, which is usually the case, um, or just haven't traveled in a while, haven't seen you in a while, and so on, don't know that you're even having that experience. And, and they don't know how to handle that or navigate that with you, especially if they don't even know you're having that experience, right? And oftentimes, from my experience, I didn't even become aware of this phenomenon until a couple, you know, a few times in. At first, you're just like, oh, I feel so weird. I don't, nothing feels the same, but everything is the same. Like, I don't know where I fit in. And then I started to realize that that's a pattern and that's just something that comes with travel is that integration period after. And like, you have to learn how to navigate that and what is going to make you feel um, the most comfortable and like the most welcomed and things like this. Things feel like oddly familiar of course and yet totally unfamiliar right it's it's just it's this interesting dance um it's like you're trying to fit in where you once did but you have slightly shifted so let's use the metaphor of like everything was a puzzle piece and or everything was a puzzle and you were a specific piece to the puzzle but you have changed in some way so imagine like a puzzle piece and then just kind of like using scissors to cut the piece a little off and then trying to put that puzzle piece and jam it back into the same spot, it's different. It's a different fit. It's not the same. You're, you're different. Um, but we're trying to like, oftentimes either ourselves or maybe our community are trying to shove us back into the same piece. And we're like, wait, something feels off. All right. I would love to share actually an excerpt that I have about a trip that I took to Guatemala. I, m I mentioned it earlier. And instead of summarizing it, I would love to share just something that I wrote about it during that time. Time slows down when you live on the edge of comfort. I had to leave my job for this trip to Guatemala. 
after a few weeks in of the confirmed time off, they said they couldn't cover my shifts. And in that moment, I was faced with a decision to either wallow or rise in honor of my truth. You know what's wild? Time blurs together when you work a nine to five. And just like that, I found life passing me by in blinks. But those two weeks in Guatemala, outside of my routine, communicating in a new language, living off a daily budget, fostering the ebb and flow of travel partner dynamics, 10 hour bus, bumpy bus rides and everything in between, those days dripped like sweet molasses. Like I imagine an infant experiences each moment in fascination as if seeing it for the first time because they are and we were. And in the sweet thickness of those moments, life unfolds differently, more powerfully with awe and simple grace. Travel gives me richer lenses to see the world in all of its glorious complexities. And as we collect these multitude of lenses, the richness of our sight enhances and we see more fully. Those two weeks inched by, feeling more like a month, coming home inspired and rejuvenated with clarity and faith in my journey. Yesterday, I went to pick up a package that was sent to my previous job. The new hire looked up and said, Already back from Guatemala? That flew by. And my heart smiled softly on the inside. I just want to share that because it's, it's very often the case that I'll go one month, two months, three months, six months abroad and come back. And, you know, friends or family, coworkers, whatever, will say, Wow, it's like you never left. That went by so fast, right? And I cannot relate less. <laughs> because, you know, like in that excerpt I shared, time slows down and inches by when we're experiencing new things. When our brain has to um, rearrange around something that it hasn't experienced before. And It's a beautiful sensation, and I believe personally that that's what life is all about. Um, being on the edge of comfort, experiencing new things, um, putting ourselves out there, and uh, shaking shit up a bit. <laughs> so, anywho, thanks for listening to my excerpt. Um, the isolating part is you know coincides with the fact that time through the lens of others who are within their you know routine it's harder for them to perceive what you've been through and so often it's hard for them to hold space for what you've been through it's even hard for them to ask questions oftentimes the question i get the most is so how was your trip (laughs) and i know that (laughs) That might sound obvious for, for some, but for me, that question just flies right over my head. I'm like, what the, What do you think? That shit was bomb. Like, it was amazing. Like, that, I literally have no words to explain. Like, the trip was really good. What do you think? <laughs> Life-changing. Um, if anything, nowadays, because I've taken so many trips, I try to ask the friends do you have any more specific questions for me? Because yeah, the trip was amazing, but there was so much of it that I can't even think about 
trying to I don't even know what juicy nugget to share <laughs> there's so much there that I literally can't even pinpoint one thing I'm so overwhelmed with the juice that just went down um so I'll, th- that that helps them to think oh well tell me about the best food you had or um one of the best you know days that you remember or tell me about your any did you have any you know what was your best kiss abroad or like something really specific and then I can you know rack through the files of what I've been through and share really amazing particular stories um and just to share more about like all my all my uh integration periods but like say specifically this one you know I mentioned in the beginning of this that it's been three months since I've recorded and that's because it's just hard to go from something so profound and then like literally put yourself in a box aka a bedroom or an apartment or whatever and then try to act normal or try to fit back into the routine or try to like I don't know it like it feels very I feel sludgy (laughs) I feel I don't know flavors of trapped sometimes even I feel isolated I feel lonely I feel like people don't understand me I feel less inspired I feel confused of what we're all doing out here and in or on earth you know like and then all the logistics that come with your return like you know uh you know of course like rent and finding an apartment or you know a place to live and then you know you probably have to update your car or figure out some kind of transportation system um you have to like update all your bills and you have to you have to you know go to the dmv there's just all these things that you didn't have to deal with before all of a sudden all at once everything just feels super overwhelming you're back in the system you're back in the rat race and it's just it can feel quite overwhelming wow even just talking about that created some construction in my chest because honestly it's still very near from you know i just in a way i just got back and um at the same time, three months is half of the amount of time that I was out there, right? Like, nearly. And so, and again, that kind of fits the bill, right? Because I've been back for that amount of time, and yet it does feel way faster because I am just participating in the little game that we're all a part of, in the routine, in the day-to-day Um, And yet three months out there was a whole new world, a whole felt like eternity. Okay. So (laughs) I wanted to share this in hopes that um, I could give insight into ways that we can show up for our loved ones who are experiencing travel integration. Um. Because, for example, multiple times on my in my returns, um, because at least for me, someone who doesn't have that much um, like blood family around to support me, I 
choose to come back into spaces and communities of friend family that um, like I need to feel safe I want to feel supported so I'll like move back to where I feel that support and there's been a couple times now where I think that like the closest friends that I had before I left are of course going to welcome me home and support me and make me feel so welcomed um, but I've had this happen a couple times now where Everything that I just shared happens, which is those people continued living and new, you know, new dynamics in their own relationships have forged um, or their lives have changed in just slightly enough of a way that your puzzle piece doesn't fit in anymore. And you're kind of showing up super raw and vulnerable saying like, help me like feel safe and integrated. And those people are in their own new pattern and routine that just happens to not fit you anymore. Not because they don't love you, but it just happens to be the case. And then it can feel even more isolating. Um, and, uh, I guess what I'm trying to share is that some tips and tricks, um, ways that you can support your loved ones that can make them feel safe and supported when they get home, because it is a very slippery slope mentally and emotionally um, to feel ostracized, to feel out of place, perhaps even depressed, um, and you can, you know, get dark real quick when you feel alone, right? Um, when you feel like no one understands you and no one cares about where you've been or who you are and how you fit in anymore. You're suddenly like, where, who, you're like questioning your own self. Like where, who, what, where, where, who even am I? And what am I even doing here? Okay. Ooh. Mm. And not to mention, because you're so vulnerable, and because you, you don't have the routine that everyone else has, um, you are hyper aware of when people aren't showing up. So say, like, this has been an experience for me. When I'm abroad, all my loved ones are messaging me, you know, on the socials or whatever, and they're texting me or whatever, and they're saying, you know, oh my God, I miss you so much. I can't wait to see you. Like, you look like you were having such a great time. Um, I want to hear all about it. Things that make you feel love, right? And then when you get home and you're like, okay, great. I can't wait to get all that love. Um, but these people have, you know, routines. They have jobs. They have things, you know, things that they got to do. So you're over here like, see me, integrate me, you know, be with me. And they're living their normal fucking lives. And you know, as we know, adults don't have as much free time, right? And so we're in this fragile state where we just want to be seen and held and um, heard. Um, and we become hyper aware of people not being there for us. And that, again, can feel isolating and like just disconnective. So here's some ways that we can make our, you know, our little wanderlust besties feel safe and welcomed when they come home 
So here's just a list. Let's go off of them. No particular order. So something you can do is if you know your loved one is coming back from abroad and they don't have a, a home yet, like a rent or a, um, a place to land physically, perhaps if you have like a nourishing space or an extra room, an extra bed, whatever that you can offer for, let's say, a week, even if it's just a night, of course, but let's say if you have the means to offer someone, like you have a whole extra room one week for them to integrate where they don't have to like be super on edge of thinking about hotels or where they're going to sleep. What are they, you know, you're helping them meet their basic human needs. Um, and that could just be alleviated, right? That could just be alleviated and it's such a nourishing gift to offer. So one of the first things that you can do is offer someone a space to land. Um, I will say, keep in mind, if your space happens to be super chaotic, like if you have a bunch of roomies and people are in and out and like um, it's just not exactly a peaceful place, that's a great gesture. Thank you. And also, perhaps not exactly what they need, right? Um, perhaps you can do something else such as offer to pick them up from the airport. A ride from the airport from the loved one when you're landing from fucking overseas is so nourishing. And perhaps in the car, you can bring snacks or water or like a fucking spliff if they if they do that or a coffee, whatever. Um, just a little token of nourishment so that they feel just cozy. Because often I know when I'm picked up, I'm so grateful for the ride and I'm so happy to see the people and also... You know, you're waiting at the airport like, oh my God, I haven't seen someone that I know in fucking half a year. And it's not a big deal, but it's just everything feels so fragile. You know what I mean? Um, and then also to just tack on to those both are if you're offering a ride or you're offering your space, just keep in mind that the person is going through so much internally. Like, just so, so, so. They're probably tired. They're probably hungry. And they're dealing with all this integration stuff that I just said, that I just named. And I guess what I'm trying to say is try your best not to expect them to show up in any particular way. Don't expect them to be talkative. Don't expect them to tell you everything. Don't expect them to be super awake. Don't expect shit, honestly. Just receive them as they are. Give them a place to lay their head. And if they want to talk to you about certain things, they're probably jet lagged, first of all. Um, just holding space for where they're at and just having really, really low expectations is the best gift you can offer. Um, another one that you can do is now either maybe it's a weekend or, you know, perhaps they have something lined up right away. You can offer to help them move. Moves are obviously super chaotic. Um, no one likes moving. But to offer someone a hand when they're already dealing with all this other stuff, all these logistics and all this stuff, um, knowing that they have support and hands and maybe like a truck, like if you have a car that you can offer to assist. Um just one more thing off the list that they don't have to worry about. So that's something super helpful to offer someone who's just coming back in. 
piggy piggybacking on to the the like low expectations is just keeping in mind that perhaps you're super excited to see your loved one and um you want to you want to hang out with them right away and you want to you want all the tea you want to you want them to tell you everything you want you want to be around them you've missed them a bunch um and i'm sure they do too and everyone is unique so this isn't you know a rule i'm just saying Keep in mind and have space to consider that it might take them a week, two weeks, three weeks, even a month to feel settled and grounded enough and available enough to start hanging out with people regularly. Uh, I know for myself, for example, I mean, I've gotten pretty good at my own needs and stuff and I do love hanging out with people and seeing people. Um, but like for me, my priorities when I get home and I'm moving into new space is I want to make sure my room, my space feels, um, just put together and grounded. Like I want to set up my space. I want, um, to, you know, ground in that's more important to me than going out or taking hikes or seeing music, all things that I love to do, right? Like I want to do those things and I love those things. And also it's probably not even, even being considered a priority at all for me. Um, I don't want to be expected or subtly shamed in any way for not wanting to do things that I maybe would have typically loved to do just because who, where I'm at and who I am right now is someone who just really wants to feel grounded. Um, again, everyone is different, but I, I guess I'm just saying, um, again, it's like an expectation thing is allow your loved ones to settle in on their own terms at their own time um, without projecting what you think they might want or um, how quickly they're going to integrate. Um, yeah. And so, you know, from there we can go into the fact that, like, again, we often want to, like, offer things that we think they might want versus just asking someone, hey, how can I support you right now? How can I make your life easier? Um, maybe they, maybe, maybe the person really wants a home-cooked meal, but they literally don't have the energy to do it. You can come over and cook them food. Simple, easy. You can even just offer that, hey... I'm free on this day or that day. I can either take you out to dinner or come over and cook you food. Or I can help you unpack uh, unpack, <laughs> unpack boxes and hang up your clothes. Um, it's really wonderful when you can be specific in your offerings because sometimes when people are ungrounded, they can't even name what their needs are. And okay, so again, specifics. So say you finally are hanging out with your homie and you want to give them the, the, the age old, how was your trip? Okay, let me just help you now by saying that question blows, dude. <laughs> Get more specific on what you're curious about. You know, maybe one of the places was particularly of intrigue to you, you know, that you saw, oh, I saw you went to a volcano. What was that about? You know, oh, I saw you went camping. Where was that? Or when, where was that like rose colored cocktail that you had? Tell me more about that. Or, um, 
nice specific questions. Not only does the specific questions help your loved one, you know, pull from their memories better and have more to offer you, um, but it also shows that you were paying attention and that you care. Something else you can do is, you know, maybe you can't offer a ride. Maybe you can't offer a place for them to stay. Maybe you can't offer them to move. Maybe you work a lot, you know, and you can't even hang out with them as quickly or as often as you'd like. Something super simple you can do is check in on your loved one. Um, Like if they've been back, just texting them, hey, I know you're back. Take your time. Uh, but I, but I just want you to know that I'm here for you. And that would be a great time to say, you know, what ways can I support you? Um, I'm busy this week, but I'm available on this day. Just checking in, being vocal and letting that person know that they still have community. They still have friendship. They still have someone who cares about them. Um, even if it's just a simple text, maybe once a week, if you haven't heard from them in a while, they might be going fucking through it, okay? They literally might be having a hard time. I know for me, um, I was feeling so isolated because when I moved back, I decided to move um, more north than where I typically live, like 30, 40 minutes away from um, my usual community. And so not only was I feeling emotionally and mentally and spiritually isolated, but I also felt physically isolated. I couldn't see, I didn't have access to my friends as much. And so I had to actually go to my social medias and say out loud, hey, I need some fucking friend time. Is anyone available to hang out with me? I really need to be around loved ones. I'm like kind of going through it. And it helped. It really did help. It always helps, honestly, to be vulnerable, right? To just speak your needs out loud. And I had, you know, a few people, it just brought awareness to people because again people are in their own routine people aren't aware of what we're going through this is a unique experience um and so when I'm able to get out of the house and out of my head and around people that obviously do care about and love me I'm reminded that I'm not alone right and that there is purpose in being here and being back and um that I do have a place in the puzzle right um so yeah simply checking in Asking how they want to be supported. If you really have space and time and you want to go above and beyond. Oftentimes when I move into a new space and I feel settled, I'll throw myself a little like um, housewarming shindig. You know what I mean? Just to see a bunch of faces at once and, um, you know, warm my house up. Right. But if you're uh, you might not be like that. You know, the traveler might not be that type of person. I'm a very event and community oriented person, but perhaps you are. You're the friend who can hold that space or have a house that, you know, has space for that. And, you know, a beautiful offering could be hosting or putting together a little, you know, welcome back thing for them. Um, Just inviting, you know, a handful of their closest friends um, that they probably really want to see and uh, gathering them together for them so that they feel welcomed and they feel um, nourished. The nourishment is so key. Um, you know, and then you can also maybe just do cute things like a, you could do a potluck. You can, you can offer a little welcome home uh, plants or, or, you know, 
a cute framed photo or something where they where they feel uh welcomed and just seen um some 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 small thoughtful little little gifts or even like a card you know what I mean I guess what I'm trying to say is the smallest gestures go a long way when someone's feeling really alone right I feel like that's obvious that's that's obvious I guess what I'm bringing awareness to is that people don't realize how isolating and lonely and even sometimes dark right it can be when you're coming back from a long trip um, where you no longer know where you fit in to that. Another easy, simple thing to do is just update your homies, your travel homies, on what's been going on since you've been away um, or since since they've been away. Like, are there new restaurants they need to try? Uh, where have you guys been going out to lately? What's the, uh, you know, the social tea? Is there any fun fucking drama they need to be updated on, you know? Um, or even, you know, even like, uh, you know, local political stuff. Um, I mean, that's not the funnest, but I'm just saying um, pe- keeping your loved ones in the know will help will help make them feel like a part of the scene, right? Um, that they still have a place there and they're like, oh, well, I want to go try that place. Or, oh, my God, that sounds so delicious. Um Right. So it's it gives them that excitement. I know that I when I get back, I don't I don't like I have to I have to kind of seek that out and I'll go on socials or I'll go on, um, you know, ledger boards trying to find um, what's going on near me so that I can integrate myself back into, you know, venues and restaurants and stuff, because, well, that's just a hot, you know, that's just something that I often do, you know, when I'm traveling or when I'm grounded, I just love to to find out cool stuff that's happening around me so that I feel like included in, in the um, environment. Um, I love to be a working piece of the puzzle. <laughs> so yeah, these are my uh, little offerings of how you can make your traveling loved ones feel more seen and supported when they are integrating back home. Um, I think uh, something really important to note is that when you are a traveler, especially a long-term traveler, you start to realize that the whole world is your home and like home is just a word and like home is where the heart is and all those cliche things that yes, there might be a place that we grew up in or a place where our most of our belongings are stored away, but home is wherever we make it. And so, um, when they come back to the land that you're existing on and you're showering them with um, affection, nourishment, you know, specific questions and intrigue and um, maybe a house, you know, a, a welcome home gathering and yet giving them them space, giving them their uh, space and or offering them rides or whatever, whatever, you're pretty much telling them you belong here. You fucking belong here and I love you. Um, And uh, that's really all we can ever do, right? So thank you guys for being patient with me while I integrated and giving me space and time to find my fucking footing. Um, I know it's been a while and I wanted to put this out here because I was just, you know, I was just sitting with my own... um, 
you know, discomfort around, wow, I could be, could, should, would be putting out this and that and, you know, shaming myself around where um, I ought to be, right? And then I realized, how about we hop right back into the pod with where I'm literally at. And so this is where I'm at. And um, so thank you for receiving me where I'm at. And I have a lot of new pods lined up and a lot of interviews lined up. And I can't wait to share that with you. So again, thanks for being patient. And I'll see you on the flip side. Ciao, ciao.